This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in today. Just wanted to let you know there might be some sensitive material. So if you're feeling like it might be a little too much, totally understand. Uh, We are going to touch on a little bit of suicide today. So if that's going to be a bit too much, um, totally understand. Maybe tune in when you feel like you're ready for it. And, you know, take care of yourselves. Even if you are going to make it through, do something nice for yourself. Yeah. And if you keep going, awesome. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Episode 19 of It's 5 O'Clock Somewhere. I'm Alexandra Wyman. And I'm Anna Gazetti, and we are the Russian sisters. We are. Sometimes when I say my name really fast, people think my name is Annika. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. mm. What yeah. does that do for you? Does it- I don't know. They're like, Annika? And I'm like, no, Anna. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you got that. Oh. But it's Anna Gazetti. Could that be like your alter ego? And then it's like, like Annika gonna- Zetti. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there you go. That's my, yeah, my alter ego. Yeah. Annika Zetti. <laughs> I don't even know what to do with that. And then people will I call me Annika. I don't think that could ever, ever happen with my name, even as a Gazetti. No. I like to say, <laughs> I just like <laughs> bit my own tongue trying to say my name, <laughs> which has happened. It'd be like, Alexandra Y. Man. <laughs> Why, man? Man. Hey guys, thanks for joining us for another episode. Yeah, sorry. Again, what episode are we on? 19. Oh, fantastic. Our next one is 20. I know, we're out of That's the That's how teens. numbers go. It is. We're almost done being teenagers. I know. Right? Out of the adolescence into young adulthood. This is kind of fun. Yeah. Today we decided to toast anyone... In Casablanca. Yes. Morocco. That's right. It's a place I want to go visit. You see you, kid. What? Oh, what? yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a place you want to go. Yeah. I, I think um, I think some, this is going to be a really great story. I think some girl in my <laughs> high school at one point in time went, went there and studied <laughs> in Morocco. Yeah, she went and studied there. Oh, wow. I think. Yeah. I was out of that or like a two-week trip, but you know. <laughs> That's a really good story. Those things. Yeah. Yeah. Probably probably not a classic story. Classic anecdote. <laughs> probably shouldn't tell that one again. <laughs> I learned a lot from it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Thanks for storytelling. I um wanted to go there since I saw the movie. Mm. I think I was just like, hmm, Humphrey Bogart is there. This, that you wanted yeah. to go there, but I think that's pretty yeah. cool. I think it's just a an, something that's always a place that's always just been intriguing. Yeah. I can yeah. see that. So I want to check it out. It is Morocco's chief port mm. and one of the largest financial centers in Africa, according to Wikipedia. I can see that. That's, That's where I get all gateway. my research yeah. stuff done now. Ugh. Wikipedia. Yeah. I know. I've hey, that for person. those of you who have children who are writing papers, Wikipedia yeah. is no. not a good source not of information. Not a solid source. No. Funkin' Wagnalls is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we probably have a set we can yeah. sell you. Yeah. <laughs> or two. Yeah. I'm Remember like, that? Yeah. I'm going to go pick out the C book. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. Yeah. that Yeah. 
That's wow, how you, you learned just brought things. me back down memory lane of, in writing research well, papers. I have a tendency to like to age myself. So, do you remember yeah. having to cite Funkin' Wagnalls? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The uh, hardest thing to do, I feel like these days, is to to cite a website because there's not always an author. Then there's not always like the right date, and it's yeah, not my favorite thing. You can't just write down www.wikipedia. Wouldn't that be nice? They don't allow that. No, not API. Oh. <laughs> Right? What's the other one? MLA. Ugh. Oh, and by the way, it's one space between sentences, not two. I'm not a fan still. I still, well, I still thumb thumb. In, yes. In grad school, I did not know this had shifted. Mm-hmm. So one of my first papers was space bar, space bar. Mm-hmm. And um, I literally, the professor literally wanted to drop my grade on the paper two letters down because you space space because that she circled every double <gasps> space in the whole paper it's a it's a habit it's hard to undo your thumb oh, she, just does it I automatically mean, obviously this tells what what my graduate program was really concerned about was my two spaces not the content of the paper but my two spaces like that that tells you my grad program <laughs> i want you to note that i'm saying thumb on the space bar because that tells you that i took typing courses <laughs> what do people do now? Hunt and pack. They like poop with their Oh, I will fingers. say that one time recently, I, well, not recently. I think this was Did like. Did you just a, do this too? A yeah, year and a half pack. ago. Yeah. With I pointer fingers. A year and a half ago, I was walking through a coffee shop, right? Pre-COVID. And, um, and I was watching this woman and she was working and I was like, what is wrong? Like I literally at first was like, she okay? Like is something wrong? Until I realized she was hunting and pecking. Like that's how she was typing. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. It took me a moment to be like. Something's not right with this picture. I know. I kind of feel very strongly about the fact that (laughs) if we're going to be having children Mm. use technology. By the age of five in kindergarten. That's right. Those iPads. COVID, everyone had a Chromebook at home or some sort of device and we required them to use it. Mavis Beacon people. We should teach them how. I agree, because then what ends up happening is teachers go to their school occupational therapists and say, right. hey, this kid doesn't have good coordination to, uh, to to type. Can you teach them typing? It's the same as like they and wanted you go, to teach handwriting. You're like, no, no, no mm-hmm. I, I don't teach. That's teaching clearly is what what you do. Right. Like for 10 minutes, every mm-hmm. class, if you were a teacher and like, OK, as a warm up, 10 minutes, we're going to get on whatever app. And then learn the keyboard. Typing club people. It's got Quirty. ninjas. And kids love the ninjas. Cordy. I thought I had heard um, that somewhere, someone, because there are more hunt and peckers, that they were going to rearrange the keyboard. So, uh, yeah. Tell me about this. So, there was a generation behind us mm. that um, I think for a hot, hot minute wanted to rearrange the keyboard into alphabetical order. I think my brain would explode. I think I would take said computer and throw it at them and say please don't take a shortcut and change things for yourselves not i'm not against changing things for yourselves but i'm like really because you don't want to learn typing you want to just change the keyboard just go learn typing yeah yeah i probably would mr decoff at fairview high school i don't i think he's retired now he was my typing teacher Mm. and what made it really fun was that he had this golden pony and so every year the seniors we got to take the golden pony and so one year it was kidnapped and the people polarized, right? Let's age ourselves a little bit more. The seniors, and I think I was a sophomore or junior at the time, but the seniors 
um, took the golden pony. I mean, it was giant. It was like from a carousel. Like what? plastic, oh. but it was like, yeah, like a giant golden pony. And then they um, took <laughs> Polaroids of the golden pony all around Boulder. <laughs> that is really funny. And gave it to Mr. Teacock. Now, who would be able to, mm-hmm. like, what would you get the golden pony for? Like, was it a prize oh, it was for just like, typing well? Not not really. It was just like that's that was just one of the, the motivators is he would tell stories about the golden pony, like, of other classes. That that's funny. It was just, yeah. He was a really funny teacher. When you first started telling that story, I imagined like a little thing like that fits in your no, hands. No, this thing was giant. That is even more hilarious. Yeah. And I want you to know that Polaroids are back. They are back. Our niece. As our. Um, put it on her packing list. High waist jeans. Yes. Uh, flare legged pants. Yes. Um, crop tops. Crop tops are back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think um, body suits also made. An appearance oh, like mm-hmm. with the snaps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm waiting for stirrups. No, <laughs> I mean that was probably one of my favorite pairs of pants before, right? Like back when leggings were cool, I had yeah. stirrup pants, and yeah, I loved we wearing those did. things in second grade. That's right. Mm-hmm. But our niece put a polo- Polaroid. <laughs> I can talk today. Um, she put the po- her Polaroid camera on her list of things to pack for the trip. That is awesome. I know. She's I'm like, really I need excited. film. I'm like, we'll get you film. We'll yeah. make sure you have that. So that's cool. Because I asked them ab- about the nieces. Um, and I, I don't mind. I'm, I'm not necessarily going to say when we're traveling. Um, but Soon. I don't mind saying that um, my family and I are making a trip to do um, a naval burial at sea for Sean. So mm-hmm. that's really exciting. So the nieces are coming and I asked them, I was like, well, what would you want to do? And they're like, we don't really know what there is to do. Except there was, go up a really tall building in the middle of the city. <laughs> they don't know what it's called? <laughs> no. Oh. So. That's all right. That's really funny. Yeah. So it was really, it was cute. So back we'll to. We'll share more about the trip, but. Back to Casablanca. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was did they, fun. Do they type in Casablanca? <laughs> I'm sure they Wait, do. I'm like, is that one that you can type all, almost with just one hand? Back in the day, it was stewardesses, but those don't exist anymore. They're flight attendants. But mm-hmm. Stewardesses was, I think, the longest word that you could type with one hand. Whoa. Did you not know that? Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> I'm looking at my keyboard. <laughs> Mind blown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I was... T- I- <laughs> I, I, my brain was like, oh, now I have three different directions I wanted to go in. Oh. Um, so that totally threw me for a loop, stewardesses, Sorry. because then I was thinking like about how my favorite word in the whole alphabet is facetiously. That's right. Yeah. And I'm sure I had I talked about this. Do you ever do that? Do you ever type out stuff? I'll in do your that. head? No, with my finger. I was like, oh, facetiously. Okay. Facetiously. Now you have to use two hands on the keyboard to type it out. But is my favorite word in the whole entire um, why, why is English that? language because mm. it has all the vowels in it in mm-hmm. order. Yeah. And it includes, so if you're it just like include. facetious, okay, but then, and sometimes why, facetiously. Yep. <laughs> Rickaford is also mind blown. I'm loving it. It's well, we do amazing. Have a, we are in, in the audience of, of a grammarian, so. Yeah. I was in a um at, at a thing this week and um grammar came up and I was like I have I was telling him I have a shirt <laughs> that says I'm silently correcting your grammar. It's one of my favorites. Mm. 
It is a good one. So back to Casablanca. So we can <laughs> yeah. move forward. Yeah. Did you know, um, according to the 2019 population estimate, the city has a population of about 3.71 million what? in the urban area. Yeah, it's not a tiny, tiny little town like I imagined in my head. And over 4.27 million in the greater Casablanca area. Yikes. Ooh. The average temperature in June in Casablanca mm. is 100 degrees. I was just going to say, like, got to be 102, somewhere around there. Which, when you reread that, you're like, wow, that's really hot. No. But it was 99 degrees here yesterday. Yeah. It was it was pretty hot here. <laughs> I burned my back yesterday. She did. Mm-hmm. It's a little crispy. Yeah. I see her. I'm proud of that. She, she, <laughs> mm-hmm. She's fried. I'm well I done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, so cheers, Casablanca. Yeah. May I see you someday? Okay. <laughs> well, you said you were going to go in two other directions. I'm waiting for the other direction. No, I Well, now I couldn't remember. My brain oh, got overloaded. Okay. It was like, what? <laughs> it was like, bzz, it might come back up, that other thing. But yeah, no. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just well, got overwhelmed. So what I wanted to talk about today, mm. um, well, and I didn't know. Did you want to do your what you learned this week? Oh, no. I've got things all sprinkled okay. in. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So this is what I wanted. So everyone has that guilty pleasure TV show. Everyone does. So my first question is, what is, it's like the TV show that you don't really want to tell people you watch unless you hear them say that they watch it. It's almost like, um, like Duck Dynasty, I think was one for mm-hmm. a while. And what's the one about the, yep, I'm doing this because she was tiny, the little superstar. What was that? The show moms. Dance moms? No. Oh. I, but she had her, was it Honey Boo Boo? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that, was that the show? Honey Boo Boo? I don't even know. I think she was on Dance Moms, wasn't she? I don't know. Is that how she got started? No. Oh. What was she on? Honey Boo Boo. She had her own show. But how was she discovered? I thought she was on a dancing show first. How old is Honey Boo Boo now? Yeah. All right. We're going to find out how old she is. Okay. But anyway, that was a show that people would say that they loved. You know, they loved to. It was like a guilty pleasure kind Mm -hmm. of thing. So what what would be one of yours? Where you're like. When you're when you're like, I just need to watch the, like Real Housewives was one that forever ago when I had A and E, I would ch- it got too it was too much for me eventually. But I hope this doesn't sound wrong. I don't think I have one that I'm like, you know, that's I'll my be, guilty no, pleasure. I feel but I was this week at some friend's house and we no, watched The Bachelorette. I was gonna say no because there was the one was but it I don't Love usually at First Sight. Okay, so <laughs> that was on Netflix. Yeah, but it wouldn't be like. <laughs> That, yes, that was like, I'm dumber it's, now because I watched this show. Well, yes. that's kind of what happens with all of these. Like, you yes. watch it because you're like, I just need it was just something a time to waster. zone out. Yeah, yes. I need something mm-hmm. to zone out to. Okay. And so. then I'd be like, to Al, did you know? <laughs> <laughs> On this love at first sight. That's where you guys, they were like paired up and they didn't meet until their wedding day. <laughs> yeah. It was one of the silliest shows I've ever watched. Or like, what was the other one? Tiger King? Okay. okay, but we all watched that and embraced that. Um, I did not actually. What? I couldn't get through it. Oh, um, I know. Well, yeah. See, so now you know what I'm talking about. Yes. Okay. That kind of show. Yeah. All right. Well, okay. So mine. Here's the story. Last night I was trying to like fold laundry, do a little bit of packing, and for whatever reason lately, I just I'm not falling asleep at a normal time, mm. and so. Uh, so I was like, I just need something to zone out to. And, um, you know, I've tried like prime stuff, Netflix stuff, all different kinds of different 
shows or movies i'm like it just like even if it's a rom-com i, I started watching what i thought was a rom-com the, the other week and then it was all about death and i was like why does it like why why is this love story have to have do with death okay. indeed right like it's just kind of in my face right now so anytime i felt like i needed to like clean my house or get some motivation uh i would watch hoarders <laughs> okay i have watched that show in days of your yeah binged so exactly right so it yes. popped up and i was like you know what I'm going to do it. I need to finish packing some stuff. I need to finish some laundry. I'm going to put on hoarders. No joke. The first start of it, what is it? This older couple, right? This mansion in the South, oh. full of stuff. And the guy's first wife, she died. How do you think she died? Right. I was like, suicide of all things, right? And I'm like, why? And I'm like chuckling to myself. I'm like, why? Why does it have to be suicide? Why? Why of all things do you have to bring it bring it up to me? Right? So it is everywhere. And right, like oh I'm gosh, unfortunately right now. on the audio, you can't see my face, which is <laughs> like, what are you wow. Right? It's everywhere. Everywhere right now. And I'm like, hello, I don't I don't need reminders. Mm -hmm. I got my own reminders. So I so I debated. I was like, oh man, do I spend another 25 minutes trying to find something when you're sifting through? And I was like, no. So the reason why I and I it got me thinking about some things because one of one of the things that has come up for me is like the nurture versus nature mm -hmm. conversation, especially with Buddy. But what I found really interesting about this particular story is like it was this this couple and they had three kids and um, they were like the life of the party. They were life of the neighborhood, life of the block. They always had were always entertaining. Um, and they had another, like a really good best friend who was like best friends with the couple and she, her name was Carol. And so Carol was best friends Carol with Baskin? this couple. No. You'd know that no. from Tiger King. I do know that's from Tiger King. <laughs> no, but okay, sorry. they didn't say, they didn't give her last name. I should well, have. Hmm. They usually like to remain anonymous. Except their faces Except on a TV show. Except you're on TV. <laughs> <laughs> Which I have to say, there were some parts where I was like, oh my gosh, you guys are being so dramatic. Not even just but like the people who are supposed to come and help and like they bring in a psychologist to try and help and um so carol's good friends with this couple and then they're like oh and then there was this big secret this big family secret and the big secret was that mom had untreated bipolar hmm. and so and the kids are in like their 20s i want to say probably um and mom kills herself and so carol who's best friends with them she is there as a huge support to mm -hmm. husband and then 18 months later they get married and mm. she moves into the house and starts hoarding carol starts hoarding carol starts hoarding they were not hoarding before they were not hoarding but carol before. is the hoarder carol is the hoarder mm. and what ends up being really interesting is that what what i found really interesting about this whole thing because even i don't think anyone they did recognize that they're like the basement is where mom died mm. and the kids had not been right they're all adults now they're all married have their own kids they had not been in the basement or would not go near the door to the basement since the week their mom died wow. like 21 years prior wow yeah so it was it was so it was clear like there was so much going on as far as um like 
the kids were mad at Carol because they thought that she was always trying to get with the dad. Right. And so, and that she was trying to replace mom. Right. And so, and it was just so clear how much like a lack of healing had happened in right. general. So they, everything was, I mean, and they were mean. They the were kids like, super, and don't get me wrong in every show of, right. So like they're trying to clear out the house. And so she starts, Carol starts putting a whole ring of stuff around her. Mm hmm obviously hello that's her emotional comfort yeah, is having that's her barrier boundary stuff mm. and they just were trying to rip it from her hands like oh. it was yeah and so there was definitely a lack of understanding and yeah. just like hatred and anger and then you know towards the end they're trying to say like we do want you to be here and because she had moved out of the house it was unlivable so she she was like see you and le leaves her now husband who is like on oxygen and isn't doing very well and in poor oh, health. No. So she moves out. And anyway, the whole point of this was like, it was very interesting was that it was so clear how there was a lack of help in the mm -hmm. grief process for mm -hmm. this family, especially with suicide, because it was all about how mom would be so disappointed at what the house looks like. Everything was about mom. Yeah. Mom was perfect mom was like she was the socialite she was this this and that she could do no wrong and so mm -hmm. and carol they never came out and said that carol was to blame for mm -hmm. mom's death obviously clearly she couldn't have been right but all of their anger and blame went on carol and i think that that just increased her hoarding i know i'm like on like a huge tangent now on this there's a reason <laughs> for the season um but it was just it was really interesting because of course i'm like why why do i have to have one other thing about this but it just really like i started going we just need more help in general i feel like people need more support that is suicide specific yes yes i fully agree with you and that's something so that, that i'm thing. hoping that we tackle when we start our training is just to promote that um and I feel like, right, because of the stigma, and it, it's not surprising in some geographical regions that, you know, people maybe aren't pursuing support after death, especially after a suicide because of the stigma and the shame and the embarrassment and, and the blame and all sorts of things. Yeah, they, they didn't say anything if they did have any support. Yeah, but I highly recommend that anybody who's gone through um, the loss of a loved one to suicide or any kind of traumatic death you got to get yourself in yeah. talking to somebody just just to kind of process through the death in general because it's yeah. sometimes I think for us human beings especially if we don't understand where, what's happening to that person or where they're going then there are a lot of feelings about that and yeah. then just to deal with our own feelings around mm -hmm. the death of the person and then you know as you sift through even you know some people even reflect on your interactions with that person throughout their life that you sure. and the time that you had together. I just think, I think you're right. I think the, the amount of resources or lack of resources that we have. In fact, this is interesting. Ooh. There was a, um, one of the icebreaker things we did this weekend at my leadership Institute was one of the questions we had to answer is if you could, you know, change or fix one thing, what would it be? And I said it in an ideal world and I said it youth specifically, but I said it in an ideal world i'd fix the lack of resources mental health resources for youth but i think i would just i would say we're paying people to do the good work and to help people just talk through or work through this well, yeah, process when sean died i had someone from the county just say hey i'm here as a resource to help walk you through everything mm -hmm. and she called once 
Right. And that was it. So I had busy. no idea. Yeah. I had no idea like how to like where to even start. Mm-hmm. I just knew that there was stuff I had to do, but I didn't even know where to start. And that can be overwhelming. And luckily I had the support. But it's interesting because I forgot about this until we started talking about this and also perception is because mm-hmm. the other thing that happened where like I said this has been like in my face all week um was I had to go to the DMV to- <laughs> oh boy yeah so I had to go to the DMV which is a process in and of itself it is and I got there and they're like appointment only and I was like dag nabbit like I only have so much time without buddy I need to do this and the lady was like that's okay like what are you here for so I explained like I had to get new plates I had to re-register the car and she's like, you know what? I'm going to get you in, which was great. Nice. So she seats me, seats, seats me, mm-hmm. sits me with this woman. And she's got like Sean's death certificate in front of her. Cause right. I have mm-hmm. to, a lot of times people don't necessarily know this or think about it, but a lot of times I have to carry my marriage certificate to prove that we are married. And then also his death certificate to prove that he's deceased. Wow. Um, right. Like who would think about that? Right. Yeah. Well, and I'll, I mean, I'm saying this now, this was just an idea. I was like, maybe I need to be, and this is going to sound horrible, a suicide coach, but that's not, you yeah. don't want, right. That has the wrong aftermath. Yeah. Like, like an a- aftermath coach. Cause I would totally do mm-hmm. that. Be like, here's some, like, here's um, what you need to know. Yeah. Here's so that's genius. Um, we're copywriting that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Rickerford has now, he's our witness. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So this woman, like, I, she's giving me the list of all the license plates to look for. And I happen to say, like, man, I don't see one for the Navy. You know, I have to be in the Navy to get a license plate that says Navy. And then I was like, oh, I don't see. There's all this other awareness, but there wasn't suicide awareness. And so I was like, maybe I got to do something so that, you know, there can be a suicide awareness plate. And she looks at me with the death certificate, death certificate in front of her. And she goes, oh, is that what happened? Mm-hmm. And I said, it, it is. Oh my goodness. I unleashed a beast for 10 minutes, at least 10 minutes. She went off about suicide, her thoughts on it, her thoughts on mental health. And I just sat there stunned because she's like, I don't know anyone directly who's, who's died this way, but I knew someone of someone. And I mean, literally going off and I was like, Oh boy, are you misinformed? And I mean, going into all, she's like, I didn't have problems with mental health. I was bullied. And her story is her story. And I was like, okay, that's your story. Um, But it was just very interesting. She's like, I'm a gamer. Video games don't make me go do crazy things. And I was like, "Uh uh-huh. Okay. Mm -hmm." And she goes into this whole, like this whole story about her daughter who is struggling. And I, you know, after her whole rant, I was like, oh, I hope your daughter's okay. I had no idea what to say. I was just like, I don't know what to say to you right now. Cause I, it's like, why? We, I don't even know why, but I was like, clearly this woman needs to share. And so I was just like, I hope your daughter's okay. And she's like, oh yeah, she's getting better. Yeah. Um, by the way, you need an emissions test. And I was like, oh, bummer. My registration card says I don't. She goes, yeah, I'll just go ahead and waive that. And I was like, oh good. That was my, that was my exchange. I got no emissions test for 10 minutes of a suicide rant. Yeah, that's the way the universe was like, 
Alexandra, we're going to take care of you too because you just had to sit through this whole thing. <laughs> now, I have a couple... I don't know. I, it's not like I have a couple problems with this whole interaction thing, but I don't know if you call them mm. problems. But like I did, kind of wondering. It's like, well, yes, because Alexander called me after and was like, "I need to talk about what just happened," and I was like, "Holy beep!" Like, first of all, the lack of sensitivity for someone after you produce a death certificate and she asks, "Is suicide the way it happened?" and then to go on your own diatribe about your own experiences, your own perceptions, your own whatever is one of the most insensitive things that mm. I, I can think of when it comes to interacting with someone who just lost a spouse super recently to suicide. So I feel like there's some area for growth there with people in terms of what we can do and in, in helping <laughs> to um, educate people about <laughs> do's and don'ts when it comes to interacting with people who have just yeah. lost a dear loved one to suicide. Like here, here are some things that might be appropriate and maybe some things that are inappropriate and, and a 10 minute rant about your own feelings and biases is probably in my humble opinion <laughs> would fall in the oh, no, inappropriate I would say it was totally inappropriate category. And I just, mm -hmm. I was so stunned. I didn't know how to yeah. <laughs> react. To well, her. I was like, <laughs> right and like we when we are are honestly like really careful about just being sensitive to how the other person is feeling and wanting to just you know it, be intentional and thoughtful sure with what we say when we say um and not and not just in this situation but in many other situations mm -hmm. as well um this just seems like right she for whatever reason, the universe was like, Alexander would be the perfect person to sit on the receiving end of this 10 yeah. minute. It wasn't even a dialogue, monologue. Oh, it was. Yeah. And then we'll grace you with you not having to do omissions. <laughs> right. So yeah. you're welcome. Yeah. Well, and so her part of her thing was she knew someone who was like a friend of someone she knew and he got remarried and that that wife had three kids and he after marrying her went and took his own life so it must have had something to do with that relationship and i was like oh n no i i probably could bet money that that's a big fat nope um could the stress of that relationship kind of contribute absolutely but it is not the reason and so then um and then her whole thing was she's like i'm just gonna straight up tell you i mean i don't i mean i'm just gonna tell you um this is a permanent solution to a very temporary problem i don't see why people can't just go and get help and i was sitting here like i just did a two-day training on trauma mm -hmm. and that tells you why people can't just go and get help but mm -hmm. so it was just it was yeah so well and and I told Alexandra that unfortunately that phrase that suicide is a permanent oh, yeah, solution to a temporary yeah. problem it's is something that is ingrained in most suicide prevention trainings. Yeah, it's not true. And well, it, it's a permanent. Yes, it is. It a, is a permanent solution, but it is not a temporary. Problem. It's, it's not, not a temporary yeah. problem. <laughs> and I think that's yeah. that is the piece that yeah. we're probably going to be tackling, hopefully. Um, and I know, right, like that's a phrase that people have been using with youth, especially because yeah, they no. think like, oh, youth are so um, impulsive. And so it's like, oh, I'm sad over my breakup. I'm, I want to kill myself. And it's like when it comes to suicide and, and a, a lot of the 
older generations, like in, in the research says that the highest rates of suicide occur within middle-aged men, mm-hmm. middle-aged white males in yeah. the United States. Yeah. Um, it's not a temporary problem that they're like, oh, I just wake up one day well, and think like, I'm really sad. I'm going to go. So people do flippantly die. use that phrase. And there's a reason why I brought all this up. Not This isn't meant to be Debbie Downer. And we probably no, this is educational. should have Rick Rickerford put a sensitivity thing now that I'm thinking about it to just let people know that there might be some sensitive stuff. Um, but it um, so what I find interesting is so people flippantly will say like, oh, so frustrating. I'm just going to go kill myself. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and so I can see that if people are misusing that phrase, because clearly um, often that the person has no intention of doing that. It's just the fr- phraseology that's used. Um, but the reason why nature versus nurture comes up with this is because in some of the books that I'm reading, you know, or, or the process I've gone through even like since all this is that some of the most important messaging and imprinting that we get as humans is between the ages of zero and seven. Yes. So if someone is a middle-aged white man, it's been quite a few years since he was between the ages of zero and seven. So it's not a temporary problem. Right. It's not new. There, it's it, Right. As a person is trying to deal with the walks of life and the situations they have now at 44 that a lot of times the messaging and the tools they have to do so right are not accessible were things that they learned early on and i was just this morning actually Mm. talking with a friend of mine who as we talk about body image and our how we feel about ourselves and our self-esteem and self-image um i'm right i'm i'm pretty adamant about thinking through it's just not an easy fix with you know yo-yo dieting or some affirmations as we've said before because and I just went to a therapist earlier this week to walk through some of this stuff because for example with me Mm -hmm. some of the the ways that I treat myself or some of the behaviors or habits that I have I've been doing since I was six years old yep right and so that's a long time. It's several decades that I have been <laughs> right. um, thinking this way or that I have been imprinted with certain messaging. And then to, you know, when we're like, why is why am I not able to change how I'm feeling about X? It's like, well, you really got to go back and dig into mm-hmm. what was that original messaging? What kind of impact did it have on you? And then as we've talked about before, on a cellular level, we got to work through some of that stuff. Yeah. And whether your it's body holds on to it, your body right the body keeps the score Mm -hmm. Bessel van der Kolk that's not ours (laughs) so no um and so right it's just a process and it's never an easy fix and I know we as humans want an easy fix and we want it now just get over it we want results and yeah and as we've talked about before it's not a 21 day habit changer sometimes it takes six years to Mm -hmm. undo some of the the yucky stuff that we might have so all that is to say um, and I don't want, you know, mean to get up and get up preachy on my pedestal, but all that is to say, yeah, I, I do, I do have a problem with people who are, who are like, get over it. Um, you know, when I they, didn't have start to get like into yeah. self-serving or selfish or whatever, like I went through this and I didn't, mm-hmm. th- I didn't go and kill myself. It's like, well, it's just not that simple. So can we please be a little bit more sensitive about yeah. it? Yeah. Well, and that's it. So um you know psychologists will say you know and neuroscientists will say as well like zero to seven is the the primary imprintation imprinting 
time and then they'll say seven to 14 is secondary so mm-hmm. that's the first 14 years of your life or when you're going to get some hardcore like that core messaging so you're limiting core beliefs and and where do we get that our parents or whoever our mm-hmm. primary caregivers are and so one of the things um because both and i've said this both sean's family and my family have have histories of either mental health struggles or mm-hmm. addictions or and and we're not we're not uncommon mm-hmm. but one of the main things for me is how how to, as i'm raising buddy how can i undo right we always say the apple doesn't fall far from the tree mm-hmm. which is very very true as well but how can you like move further away from the tree and to start undo some of the some of the things that are more of a nature thing and use nurture to to change and so um that's what and I was like why does this keep coming up this week but that's been something and you know a big thing that they say even in the trauma training that we did is that it trauma for any person and especially for children the way that you can tell how a child is going to do through trauma is how their primary caregivers and the adults handle it right so yes so if i'm wigging out and freaking out in a complete mess which i was completely right after sean died um still am some days um right then he's gonna you're not alone (laughs) he's gonna feed off of that and react the same way because he's gonna mimic what he's he's mirroring yep so so it's a very interesting conversation if any of you have like input you know reach out to us because it's one of those things that i'm constantly trying to figure out and even one of my therapists was saying she's like even even in the generation how i was raised she was like parents were going off of what was coming out from like the american pediatric association and 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 just what you did like spanking that's mm-hmm. just what you did timeouts that's just what you did and she's like a kid falls you don't go run to them because you're going to be enabling them and she's like and that's not the case anymore now parenting is your kid falls, you go over to them. You don't necessarily fix it, but you check in on them. Right. You don't say, you're fine. Are you okay? And she's like, with this shift, it's really hard, though. Because, right, like, Buddy goes and hangs out with our parents sometimes. And I've had to say, like, hey, here are a couple changes that I'm trying to do. And it sometimes is hard for them because it's just not what they're used to doing. Mm-hmm. Well, then, similarly, I was telling you how I was around another friend this week. And she has some messaging about some things like for instance this one was sunscreen right it's really important to her that her kids wear sunscreen she doesn't want them to get burnt and Mm -hmm. lead to all other things all these other things and then the other parent is like well i didn't have to do that when i was growing up and (laughs) i'm like okay how do you find the common ground there then Mm -hmm. right and then educate people on why it's important and i know just because it didn't happen to you or just because you you know you were seemingly okay now and you didn't do that thing doesn't mean it's not a good thing for your kid right well and that divisiveness <laughs> too can confuse kids because exactly. that's like well wait mom's saying this dad's saying this or whatever this mm-hmm. parent is saying this this parent is saying because it can happen in any relationship mm-hmm. with any parents but yeah and that's i mean that's a big thing for me is making sure and, and you know like i'm like okay we're like in a new stage or if I'm trying something new, I let all anyone who's going to be watching buddy like, hey, this is what I'm trying right now. Like, I know it might be different than what you're used to. Um, but yeah, to kind of combat. And there are some like it is I I can see how it can be considered a controlling 
thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I am aware of that. Like he's got a he's he's pretty. I'd say he's pretty independent right now, but I, um, as independent as a two year old can be. But I think that's one of those those things of like understanding like it's not so much controlling every move that he has because there are going to be things he's going to make mistakes. There are going to be things that happen. Um, but also just keeping in mind, like, uh, um, someone I was put in touch with, uh, and I may have already said this story, but she lost her significant other to suicide and her daughter was seven months old at the time. And then, um, like around three and a half was just her tantrums were getting a little more intense Mm -hmm. and, and the mom was like, okay, I think, I think I need to go, we need to go get you some help to see what's happening. Mm -hmm. And it's not like even the same thing. There's a grief organization here locally which is amazing and it's called judy's house yes and um buddy is too young for it um so they were like oh just go have a psychiatric evaluation at children's hospital mm. and i was like uh, he's not really exhibiting anything yet right um and he may not who knows right um but i i also don't want to create right. problems out of nothing like i don't want to put stuff on him where it may not be an issue for him. Right. It's complicated, you guys. This is complicated. It's all very complicated. And yeah. then to try and navigate it and try and figure it out as the sole parent makes it oh. doubly, oh, yeah, if not exponentially, fun. more complicated. Right. And there are lots of people out there with lots of different opinions. And it's just trying to sift through the information and decipher what's going to be best for you yeah. and what's going to be best for your kid. And then having the confidence to know that you are his parent now sole parent and you get to make the decisions on what's best and the rest of us just get to fall in line yeah and do what you say we need to do if we're gonna hang out with your kid just do do it just do what i say yeah um there was one other thing and this is kind of related but unrelated because i don't think i ever really understood this or knew this but um i did not realize that narcissism is a learned is now considered to be a learned thing. I don't really? know. Really? I'm wondering. I I would. I'm not a betting They're person. Like I do terrible in, in Vegas. I'm interested in that. I'd be interested to read more about that um, because I, I bet it has to do a lot with empathy in that zero to six month time yes. frame. And also, because one of the things was saying that um, even Maybe a little. Maybe two year time frame. Well, the mm-hmm. zero to seven. Yeah. Well, seven, seven years. <laughs> But one of the things that has come up is that if parents like so instead of like if if your three year old, this is my understanding, but if like your three year old is coloring and it's not inside the lines, um, then you praise the fact that they're coloring and that, you know, no matter what, it's awesome and beautiful versus saying, well, it's not in the line, so it's not good. So like when you're already imprinting perfectionism in that young age, um, that like one of the articles I read was. Um, basically saying that that's the kind of parenting or behavior that can lead children to to narcissism, which I thought was fascinating. Starting with perfectionism when they're starting three. Starting with perfectionism because they're never like, right? So they're never getting that praise because right. there's always something. They're always missing something. Yeah. Missing the mark. Not good enough. Yep. Ugh. All right. Well, I want to delve into this more and more as we go along. I feel like this is a conversation. There's just so much to learn. And one of the things, whether it's uh, the topic of suicide or how to interact with people, or if you want to learn more about the psychological implications or just, I I don't know, anything, I highly encourage you guys, us too, because we've been like just 
we've been reading, 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 taking in information. We try, we try to be sponges, not sifts, but sponges. <laughs> And take in the information. And we're also seeking out resources. And we're asking oh, people, you know, all who have experienced the things that we're experiencing. And so we're talking to professionals and we're talking to experts and we're reading and, and talking to each other and sharing what we've learned. And so hopefully you're getting a little bit of that today and in us sharing what we have learned so that, right, like, I think one of my my mantras or the things one of my I don't even know what it's called like my motto or a way that I want to live my life is to try and be better right every day mm. I want to be better uh, I want to learn and grow and I yeah. don't want to I don't want to stop level. doing that until I die and so I want to level up mm-hmm. I want a frequency up <laughs> I just want to be better and so I think I'm like how can we impart that to other people too like so yeah. we're sharing some knowledge with you today yeah I know it was a heavy conversation sorry we'll, we'll put a little disclaimer we're sorry not now, sorry now that you guys no. are like to the end we'll put a disclaimer we're not apologizing because <laughs> no, that's what we're no. here for I mean that's I mean it was just it all started because I just wanted to watch some smut with horrors <laughs> right came into this whole big thing and so next thing i know it's like after midnight and i'm like i have to go to bed and also write some notes for my podcast (laughs) right like oh interesting because i was i was definitely like poor carol and i'm like oh poor carol and then carol actually ended up um representing like someone in my own situation and i was like oh that's interesting i just got challenged in that way like uh, here i am like feeling for her just getting all the blame and then it was it was just a very interesting eye open, right? I'm like, I have enough to push me to mm-hmm. in my grief and my growth right now. But hoarders, let's just add it to the list. Apparently the universe yeah. doesn't think so. No, the apparently universe not. is like, yeah. we think she can be pushed a little bit more. Yeah, no, it's okay. And then Thanks, we'll give her free emissions. Yeah. And then we'll have someone from daycare call her. <laughs> It'll be great. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little give good. and take with the universe. That's what Pema says in her book yeah. that we're reading also. All right, you guys. Well, it has been awesome hanging out with you today. Yes. I think it's time for the STW joke of the day. Do it. Sean T. Wyman joke of the day. I heard this one. It's not coming from our book of, of dad jokes. I heard this on the radio the other day. I was listening to the comedy channel because when I went to the mindfulness retreat that we talked about last mm, week mm-hmm. and I did my bullet journal. One of the things that I circled as a value is humor. I love humor, right? I love laughing. I like the best medicine. I love listening to other people laugh. I love funny things. And so I decided that I was going to listen to the comedy station a little bit more on the radio instead of just mindless songs that I hear the same songs on repeat over and over. So I was like, "Mm, the comedy station. So I turned that on and I heard this joke. Are you ready? I'm ready. I think Sean would have liked it. (laughs) What's the difference between a hippo and a zippo? I don't know. <laughs> Do you know, Ricky? No? Okay. One's heavy and the other's a little lighter. <laughs> is that it? I don't even know why I'm laughing. Ricky, a Zippo's a lighter. If it's I have to lighter. explain the joke, it's not funny. But that's okay. <laughs> affirmator for today. Does anyone use lighters anymore? No. I don't even know. Yeah. All right. What's well, our affirmator? No, I'd say they use lighters. They don't, just don't use matches. No, I think they do in the bathroom. Oh. <laughs> and then any lighter I've seen anymore is not the little lighter because I, I guess I just haven't seen people that smoking that much. But they're the really long ones that you light like candles and your citronella candles and your whatever. That's, That's what I see anymore is lighter. 
Yeah. So they're not a little lighter. Oh. But a Zippo's a little lighter. <laughs> it is a little lighter. Anyway, affirmator. Um, wonder. It's a wonderful thing to be in a state of wonder. And when I'm a good audience to my life, my life becomes better and better theater. When something delightful happens, I can shout encore and be tickled when it happens again. When something maddening happens, I can laugh it off. <laughs> Either way, I'm glad I got a ticket to the show. I'm still working on laughing it off, but yeah. <laughs> that, I yeah, that goes with jokes and humor. It does. And I love wonder. You do. I love being like curious and having wonder. It's a, yeah, yeah, it's a book. Yeah. It's a movie. That's really good. It is good. That, okay, so... <laughs> I tells me like it leads me to another story that I'll tell really quick because okay. I was talking with the niece, yes, um, the little niece yes. about um the book Wonder. She hasn't yes. read it yet, but her ol- older sister has, uh-huh. and so we were talking about the book, and I was explaining what it's about and how um this little boy gets picked on because he's different. Yep. Um, and then you know I was like, so what do you think about that? And she's like, Nana, we're all a little bit of wonder. We all have things that make us different. Yeah. I. Yeah, I cried so from the front wise. seat when she was like, mm-hmm. she was six. in her booster seat in the mm-hmm. back. Yeah. yeah, her little sunglasses on. Nana, <laughs> we're all wonder. <laughs> that doesn't mean we should get picked on. I'm like, oh, I love you. Can yeah. you come preach? Yeah. Can you come public speak for us? That's right. Anyway, guys, that's a wrap. That's good um, to chat with you all today. Thank you for tuning in. Leave us a five star review. You guys are awesome. We'll see you soon. Sprinkling some love and hope you all have a lovely week. Yes. We're thinking about you. Yeah. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye. Okay, bye. Do, did, will. The Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.